Welcome to episode two of the decline and fall of America. From the studios on Foggy Mountain and the Great Misty Beyond, I am your podcast host, Charles Factor, and welcome to this exciting episode where we examine the effect that drugs, drug addiction, drug abuse, drug overdoses, drugs, plain and simple, and the effect that they're having on American society and how they are contributing to the decline and fall of America. I'd like to welcome you to this podcast and encourage you to think about the people that you have known in your life that have had a drug problem, those that might have been to rehab once, twice, five times, ten times, those that are in prison or jail, those that are on probation or parole due to drug offenses. Maybe they were prostituting to get money for drugs. Maybe they were stealing cars to get money for drugs. Maybe they were dealing drugs to get money for drugs. Maybe they were committing embezzlement, theft, fraud, robbery, burglary, the whole nine yards, all to get money for drugs. You see, as I see it, America has a big drug problem. It's at record levels. It's never been higher. You and I, we're living through an epidemic of drug addiction, an epidemic of drug use, an epidection, an, ep- an, an epidemic of people that cannot control their desire for drugs. It's a horrible addiction. It has terrible consequences. And what are some of those consequences? Well, they get behind the wheel of a car and they kill themselves or they kill other people. Other consequences of drug addiction, they become despondent, they become depressed, they commit suicide. And still other effects of drug addiction, they go into the hospitals for drug overdoses and drug treatment. They don't have health insurance or they're on Medicare or Medicaid, which means that you and I are paying for their treatment hundreds of thousands of dollars per patient. They stay in a hospital or a rehab for a month or two. While society tries to save their life, maybe it works, most of the time it doesn't. You see, rehab, rehabilitation, only works about 5% of the time. 95% of rehab efforts fail. People walk away from rehab. People show up for a day or two and then they never show up again. People go to rehab and just go through the motions. People go to rehab, they become sober for a little bit, they get off the drugs, and as soon as they get back to the street, their old neighborhood, their old friends, they go right back to using drugs. So don't get me wrong, I'm not against drug rehabilitation, but for those of you that think that that is the solution, that treatment is the solution for all drug addiction, it's not. It only works about one in every 20 times. And for those of you out there that are saying, well, just lock them up and throw away the key, that doesn't seem to have worked either. I mean, let's face it, we just finished fighting a a war on drugs that has lasted, I don't know, 30 years. And where has that gotten us? Our jails are full. Our prisons are full. Our probation and parole offices are bulging at the seams. And yet we now currently have the highest rate of drug addiction, drug overdose deaths, and drug use that this country has ever seen. So 
I think it's clear that the war on drugs hasn't worked. Rehab only works one in 20 times. Now, if you think that I have all the solutions, I don't. And if you think I have some clairvoyancy and some easy-to-go, go-to method, I don't. If you think I have a simple solution, I wish I did, but I don't. And if anyone tells you that they do, they're probably lying to you. So today, we're going to look at the problem of drugs, drug addiction, the epidemic levels that it's at. You know, as I look out the window here in the Foggy Mountain Studios, and I look into the great misty beyond, and what a great country that we have, the great empire that it has been, and watching drugs take us asunder, watching drugs destroy us, watching drugs bring us down, well... That's what's happening, but does it have to happen? So at the end of this podcast, I'll try to give you some ideas on how to reduce the problem, how to address the problem. Now, to be clear, I'm not talking about marijuana. Marijuana, in my opinion, is a light drug, relatively safe. And if used under similar circumstances to alcohol, in moderation, never behind the wheel of a car, marijuana can be safe and fun. So I'm not talking about marijuana today. If you want to hate on marijuana and you want more restrictive rules or laws on marijuana, you're going to have to go someplace out else to, to find for that kind of advocacy. That's not here. That's not me. That's not now. And to be clear, I'm not talking about alcohol. I just finished a podcast, episode one. You can listen to it. It's all about alcohol and the decline and fall of America. Alcohol is also a terrible drug. But what I am talking about today is all the other drugs. I'm talking about illegal drugs, prescription drugs. I'm talking about the opioids. I'm talking about antidepressants. I'm talking about Heldol, Zoloft, Paxil, Lepore. I'm talking about oxycodone, hydrocodone. I'm talking about methadone. I'm talking about heroin. And yes, I'm talking about cocaine. And I am talking about fentanyl and amphetamines and all the other benzenes and uppers and downers and lowers and, and mood suppressants, all of it. That's what we're talking about here today. Because it doesn't really matter whether you get it on the street from a dealer or you get it from a doctor or a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant. A drug's a drug. It's going to go in your body one way or another. You're going to snort it or you're going to eat it or you're going to drink it or you're going to shoot it into your body with a big needle. One way or another, it's going to end up in your body. And once it's in there, well, it's going to do what it's going to do. It might make you feel a little bit better in a short period of time. But there's a paradox here. A lot of people go to drugs because they think it's going to make them more artistic, more creative. They go to drugs in a search for happiness. They want to get away their blues. They want to forget their troubles. And for a short period of time, it does that. But once addiction takes over, the person loses control. And this is the paradox of drugs. People go to it for freedom, but they end up enslaved. They can't stop. They can't stop using. They can't stop wanting it. They can't control it. It controls them. So where they once searched for freedom, they end up in slavery. It destroys their lives. They start stealing from those around them, first their family then their friends, then their employers, then strangers. People sell their bodies on the street to get money for it. 
Nothing is more important than drugs. Now you may think, well, this is just an inner city problem. It isn't. It's everywhere. It's on every street in America, every community, in every income level. So don't fool yourself into thinking that it doesn't affect you. It's the car that drives by you. It's the surgeon that's cutting on you. It's the farmer. It's the person working in the factory. It's the plumber. It's the delivery guy. It's the housewife. It's the trophy wife. It's everybody. It's the mimbo and it's the bimbo. It's the athlete and it's the person that doesn't work out ever. Drugs have saturated, captured, and conquered America. It's ripping us apart. It's destroying lives. And I wanted to share an article that really reflects this from the English newspaper, The Daily Mail. The article came out very recently in October of 2022. The title of which is America's Drug Crisis Laid Bare. The Center for Disease Control map shows fatal overdoses have risen. And I'll read you this article, at least parts of it, because I think it really captures what is currently happening in the United States. So here's the article. It starts, Fatal drug overdoses have risen in all but eight United States in the past year, according to official data that lays bare America's drug crisis. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, estimates that there were a total of 109,673 overdose deaths in the year to April, a new record. And the provisional death count is likely to be an underestimate, the Center for Disease Control said, because drug overdoses can take months to be registered. The majority of the deaths were caused by opioids, an addictive class of drugs the United States has been grappling with for decades, and the synthetic opioid fentanyl, which has been flooding American streets in recent years. America's drug crisis, which has been surging for decades, was made worse during the pandemic when lockdowns and hospital closures left people particularly vulnerable to addiction. Officials said that those who had drug habits were suddenly not able to meet with their healthcare providers face to face. And worries about job security and the lack of social contact push more people into drug use. So you can see from this article, the problem is widespread. The problem is everywhere. And the problem has gotten really bad. The article has pointed out that 109,000 people died in the United States in just the last year. That means in the last decade, a million Americans have died from drug overdoses. Let's go on to see what else this article from the Daily Mail has to say. It says, prescription opioids and illicit drugs have become incredibly pervasive throughout the United States, and things are only getting worse. In the early 2000s, the FDA and the CDC started to notice a steady increase in cases of opioid addiction and overdose. In 2013, they issued guidelines to cut, to cut and curb addiction. However, the same year, now regarded as the year the epidemic took hold, a CDC report 
revealed an unprecedented surge in the rates of opioid addiction. Overdose deaths are now the leading cause of death among young Americans, killing more in a year than were ever killed by HIV or gun violence or car crashes. Let me repeat that. This is important. Overdose deaths are now the leading cause of death among young Americans, killing more in a year than were ever killed annually by HIV, gun violence, or car crashes. Preliminary CDC data published by the New York Times has shown that U.S. drug overdose deaths have surged 19% to at least 59,000 in 2016. And this was an increase from 52,000 in 2015, and it was double the death rate from a decade ago. It means that for the first time, drug overdoses are the leading cause of death for Americans under 50 years old. This data lays bare the bleak state of America's opioid addiction crisis, fueled by deadly manufactured drugs like fentanyl. Overall, the U.S. has had an increase of 6.9% for deaths resulting from drug overdoses. And today's overall figure is up from the 107,000 drug overdose deaths in 2021 and the 91,000 in 2020, which were, both, which were both previous records. This is a 20% increase in some states. The deaths include unintentional death, suicides, homicides, and an undetermined but a full breakdown, which won't be available until later in the year from the Center for Disease Control. The number of drugs caused by different drugs and their overdoses was also unavailable. Last year it was fentanyl, which was by far the largest killer, counting for 75% of all opioid deaths. U.S. authorities have been on high alert over the past several years. During a torrent of illegal fentanyl entering the country, an analysis last month found that the opioid epidemic in the United States has cost the government nearly $1.5 trillion in 2020 alone after being exacerbated by the COVID pandemic and the rise of fentanyl. And there were a record 69,000 deaths from powerful painkillers in that year alone, a figure which has now risen to a high of more than 75,000 in 2021. The economic toll of opioids in 2020 marked a 37% increase from 2017, the last year that the cost was measured by federal authorities and the latest figures that were revealed in a report by the Congressional Joint Economic Committee. That committee believes that society-wide upheaval may have prompted people to switch up dealers who are now more likely to sell them fentanyl due to changing drug smuggling patterns. The report said, quote, pandemic-related stress and additional barriers were also likely to have led to an increase in relapse rate among those that are struggling with opioid use. The report also said factors like self-isolation and the economic shock of the pandemic were linked to higher levels of stress, anxiety, and other mental health issues, which worsened, worsened the conditions for those with substance use disorder. Well, there you have it. That's the article. 
I'd like to discuss it for a moment. You know, think about all the things that you're trying to protect yourself and your family and your community from. Gun violence and all kinds of disease, plagues and COVIDs and influenza and crime and criminals and murder and homicides and suicides, car accidents, drunk drivers. And you can look at all of those causes of death, heart attacks, cancers, all of them. And what is the number one cause of death in the United States right now, this year? The number one cause of death for Americans under the age of 50 is drugs, drug overdoses, and drug addiction. And yet, I don't hear people talking about this right now. We're in an election season. I don't hear any politicians talking about it. When's the last time you heard a politician talking about drug overdoses? I don't hear it. I turn it on the news. They're not really talking about it. Television doesn't really talk about it. It's not really in the movies. Oh, occasionally from time to time there might be one or two, but not much. And think about all the crime, the millions and millions of people that have been sent to prison and jail and are on probation and parole because they committed crimes to get money for their drugs. Think about the lives ruined, the families destroyed, the children neglected and abused, all of it. Because of America's love, America's passion, America's desire for drugs. So it's kind of sad. Well, how do you protect yourself then from this epidemic of drug use? And how do you protect your family? What can you do about it? Well, I've got a few suggestions. And like I said at the beginning of this worldwide broadcast, I don't have simple solutions. But I can tell you this, if it's gotten so much worse, then it can get a little bit better. It doesn't have to stay this way. It doesn't have to be this way. It's not preordained. So let me run by a few ideas. I mean, maybe for some people, just talking about it helps. Talking about it with their children, especially their preteen children, their young children, and their teenagers, and the teens and, and later on when they're in their 20s and even in their 30s. Talking about it with your own family. Sharing information about what's really dangerous in their lives. Warning them about the health consequences and the epidemic of death that accompanies drug use. Explaining to them about the paradox of drugs, why young people go to them for a sense of freedom but end up enslaved by them. Just simply talking to them, not once. This is not a one-time occasion. This is not, oh, we're in the car driving to a hockey game and, well, let's just talk about it for five minutes. This has to be a reoccurring discussion. It has to be wide-ranging. It's got to be two-way communication. It's got to be something that provides details and statistics and information. You know, you got to have these conversations with your kids. And if you yourself are struggling with drugs, well, then you got to have that conversation with yourself. And if you need help, you know, I know earlier in the broadcast, I, I, I told you the current figures, rehabilitation, rehab, treatment only works one in 20 times. But you know what? Maybe that one in 20 is you. I mean, let's face it. People don't get help until they want help. You cannot help someone that will not help themselves. But 
once somebody wants to change, once somebody wants to improve, once somebody wants to get better, then nothing can stop them. So maybe if you know someone that needs help, you get them into treatment. I'm not calling for a full-fledged intervention. I'm not talking about kidnapping them and forcing them in. But I am talking about suggesting it to them. And if they need a little economic help, maybe providing a little money because I know it's expensive. See if you can't help them to get into rehab, find an open rehab facility because their life on drugs is probably pretty chaotic. But maybe yours isn't and you might have the ability to find one for them, a spot, try to get them in it. See if that helps. It might. One in 20 chance. Why not take it? And for those that are so severely addicted that they are robbing and they are burglarizing and they are stealing from other people and they are prostituting themselves and doing anything they can, dealing drugs to get money for drugs for their own addiction, well then, yeah, you got to call the police. You got to have them arrested and you got to have them sent to jail or prison because in jail and prison, they do have treatment programs. But more than that, you're protecting the rest of society from the danger that they are. They won't be on the road driving, crossing the center line while they're high, killing some innocent family. They won't be stealing car after car after car from neighbors and community. They won't be selling their body on the streets to strangers and they won't be dealing poison to other people. So yeah, there is a role for law enforcement here. I mean, there's for the people that simply, you know, go back to it again and again and again, got to put them away, got to put them away for a long period of time. If they cannot control their addiction, then society has to control them flat out. That's how I see it. You can't let people roaming the streets doing these terrible things to other people. You have to protect the community. So I guess those are the things that I come up with. And for you, if you're thinking about using drugs, my suggestion is limit it to marijuana. It's not very toxic. Never drive when you're using it. Never work when you're using it. Use it in moderation. And have reasonable expectations around this. I'm always given encouragement by how our society has dealt with tobacco. When I was young, tobacco was a big problem. Still is, but it's not as big as it once was. A lot of people smoked back then. Cigarettes, cigars, pipes. Very few people smoke now. So what changed? Well, part of it was society's attitudes. Smoking isn't cool anymore. Tobacco isn't cool anymore. People kind of look down on it. Maybe that's a good thing. We put some more rules around it. We got rid of uh, getting cigarettes and vending machines. We, we ended that practice. We raised the age for smoking in some states. Made it more expensive, put more taxes on it. We passed rules and regulations to protect people from the ravages of tobacco. Now, some people can still do it. That's, that's fine. But it's gotten so much better. Let's use that as an example. We treated tobacco as a medical health care emergency in this country. And one generation later, it seems to be working. So I wanted to give you that encouragement and those ideas for protecting yourself, your family, your community. And I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast as we talked about drugs and the decline and fall of America. From the Foggy Mountain Studios, broadcasting worldwide on this podcast, I am your host, Charles Factor. Thank you for listening.
That's what alcohol has become. Well, we, we nipped smoking a little bit. I mean, some people can still do it. Some do, but not that many anymore. Not like what it once was. Not smoking tobacco, cigarettes, cigars, pipes, like it used to be. Maybe we can do the same thing with alcohol in this country. Not make it illegal. I'm not advocating prohibition. But maybe we can take a look at it and somehow treat it like we did tobacco. It's just as deadly, maybe more so. Treat it as a health concern. Address it. Try to set some rules and boundaries around it. And make our nation stronger again, step by step, person by person. In any event, I wanted to thank you for joining me on this first podcast from Foggy Mountain Studios worldwide. I am Charles Factor, your host. I ask you to click and subscribe to my podcast. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And enjoy your day. And enjoy peace of mind. And have a great whatever you do. A great job, a great family, a great life. Let's make it better together. Thank you all.